Welcome to Recruiting Daily's Use Case Podcast, a show dedicated to the storytelling that happens or should happen when practitioners purchase technology. Each episode is designed to inspire new ways and ideas to make your business better as we speak with the brightest minds in recruitment and HR tech. That's what we do. Here's your host, William Tincup. This is William Tincup, and you are listening to the Use Case Podcast. Today, we have Sterling on from Shiftboard, and we'll be learning about the business case or the use case for why practitioners pick Shiftboard. So why don't we just jump right into it. Sterling, would you do us a favor and introduce both yourself and Shiftboard? Sure. Thanks, William. It's great to be on. I appreciate the invitation. I'm Sterling Wilson. I'm the president and CEO of the Shiftboard business. And what we do at Shipboard, we sell a, we are a SaaS-based software solution, and we sell to companies that help them manage the schedules of their shift-based workers. So we are an employee scheduling product. And we target industries that are, we think of as mission-critical industries. And specifically, the two vertical markets we target, William, are energy and manufacturing. Those are the two where our product fits very well. It's great product market fit. And that's the overview. So we're employee scheduling software. Love it. So now, are we in any particular industries or vertical markets? Are we domestic? Are we international? Let's just kind of define the market for folks. Sure. Yeah, sure. Let me give you some overview of that. Uh, and I'll talk a little bit, William, why people buy our software too. Maybe Perfect. perspective, that would be interesting to you. So I talk about energy and energy, and so the energy sub-verticals we go after, William, are going to be refineries, pipelines, petrochemical, power generation, and utilities are the oh, cool. verticals within energy. And then in manufacturing, really strong in food and beverage, medical and pharmaceutical, consumer packaged goods, chemicals, and automotive and industrial. Those are the strongest sub-verticals there. And are we talking mostly in both? I love both those industries, by the way. Are we talking mostly hourly workers or are we a mixture of hourly and professional? Almost every employee that we schedule our software care is an hourly paid employee. Got it, got it. We are not, or traditionally, it's not going to be an office worker. It's going to be a plant four right. plant worker or you know, a pipeline Control room worker, that's where we right. focus. Duh question, but this is going to be because most of these folks are going to be on remote devices, mobile devices, tablets, et cetera. So this is this is probably mobile first technology, right? A hundred percent. That's a hundred percent. So if you think about scheduling in our world, William, we really have actually just three users of our software inside a business. And it's almost a reverse pyramid of how many people are actually done. At the bottom is the worker, right? That's the biggest population of people using our products. We have a very, very easy to use mobile application that they can look on to see their schedule. They can swap shifts. They can bid on overtime. They can call off if they're going to be sick or ask for time off. So very simple to use product. If you move up that pyramid, the next group is supervisors. We find often in plants that there's a supervisor role that's responsible for like day of changes. If somebody calls off sick, I got to find somebody to replace them. So there's a supervisor role and our product fits there too. And then at the top of the pyramid, the smallest number of users is actually a scheduler. There'll be a master scheduler or multiple schedulers at plants that use our product. So we have to make software that's easy to use for all three of those constituents. So that's kind of, and your point about mobile first, that's certainly true, right? That right. worker 
has to have an easy to use product that they want to use and can engage with and really adds value to their work, work life, for example. Does scheduling need to touch? It's been years since I've studied it and it was in the restaurant world. So a little bit outside of the verticals you care about that is it, does it need to touch anything else? Does it, can it be standalone and scheduling just by itself or does it need to touch other types of technology within their stack? Yeah, well, you're not that far out of touch, so that's a great question. Yes, in most cases, we, we will find ourselves integrating to a, another product. So think about an ideal customer for us is some, has somewhere between 150 and, say, 2,000 workers at a single facility. That's an ideal single facility customer for us. And so in that situation, we're going to want to integrate into wherever the employee data is, right? We want to know... What positions William is qualified to work for? We want to know what seniority William has. I'm using you as an example, obviously. We want to know that information. So we're going to connect into some kind of either payroll or ECM system for sure. We're often connect into a time clock because we need to know, we need to tell that time clock, hey, William is supposed to clock in at 10 o'clock today. So he's got, we tell the time clock, William can clock in at 10, right? So you don't clock in at 9.30 as an example. So we're integrating the time clocks. And we've also been asked to, and have seen integrations to LMSs, learning management systems, or credential storage systems that would store that information. So we do integrate to systems. The product can be used standalone. That's typically when we have our smaller number of users like a, a pipeline control room where maybe it's 50 workers. We don't need that as much. But when you're having 150 or 2,000 employees, you want an automated linkage to those other systems. It just makes it much, much easier for the scheduler and the supervisor and the worker to manage the job. So what are we dispositioning or replacing? Post-it notes, Excel, proprietary software, other types of scheduling software? What's What are you seeing, especially in the industries where you're dominant, what do you what are we ripping out? Yeah. So William, I think I'm gonna start with, if you don't mind, I'm gonna start with why people buy our software. And that'll yeah. help answer your question there. And so we think of there's four main reasons people buy our software today. So the first is they want to become employer of choice. So again, we're selling to industrials, manufacturing energy and in those markets, as we all know, over the last several years, you don't have enough employees and there's right. turnovers significant in these marketplaces. You'll see in a manufacturer, you'll see turnover 30, 40, 50 percent. Yeah, and so, it's an aging population, especially in energy and the hourly so it's an aging population. You're, you're like oil rig workers, they're aging out. And 100%. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's really interesting you say that, William. I'm taking a little tangent here is we just did a survey, an hourly worker survey. We did one in 19 and we just updated it in 2022. And one of the things that really became evident in that survey was there are five generations of workers in the workforce now, to your point, right? You got Gen Z, millennials, Gen X, baby boomers, and then traditionalists, right? And that population, that's a very wide spectrum of ages there, and they care about different things. Right. But really, the traditionalists are aging out. More and more Gen Zs and millennials are coming into this workforce, and they care about different things. That is really important when a scheduler or a company is thinking about having an automated schedule tool. How do you so how do you satisfy the needs of all five of those generations in your workforce? So an automated scheduling tool like like, like ours really fits really well. So I'm going to come back to the first point of the reasons companies buy. The first reason is they want to become employer of choice. 
So they have, what they really want to do is make sure they think of things like, what times do you really want to work, William? What's the best thing for you to have work-life balance? Let me put more flexibility into my scheduling capabilities. Traditional scheduling has been very complex or very rigid. Right. You work these times, we don't care if your dog's sick or not, you're going to come in and work, right? So these, what we've seen over the last two or three years is HR has gotten much more involved in the scheduling decision process because they want to be employer of choice. So that's number one. So using an automated tool to make it easier to do scheduling and make it better for the worker experience, that's number one reason. The second reason people buy our software is in today's workforce, you have a very diverse type of worker. And to your specific question, William, we see... 70 to 80 percent of the companies we see today use Excel. So this, this <laughs> that tracks model. with my my longstanding bit around Microsoft Office being the largest HR tech company in the world. <laughs> well, yeah, 100 percent. When we walk into a company, a prospect today, they're using Excel, right? Yeah. We, that's what we see. Or the paper. We rarely see them replacing a technology. And if it is, they probably built it themselves and it just mm-hmm. doesn't work very well. On that task, we, we the second reason companies buy from us is the very this very diverse workforce. So they're going to have full-time employees, they'll have part-time employees, they have may have a float pool made up of retired workers. They may be going to a technical college to get employer employees to come in to work for them. So you can't do that on Excel. That's really impossible to do, right? So you need a technology like ours to help that. The third reason companies will buy our software is really compliance. So in a number of our customers are union shops. So they'll have a collective. Can I ask you about that? They're union. So they have a CBA or collective bargain agreement, and they have to be able to schedule according to the terms of that CBA or else they have to pay a penalty They get if they, if they fail to do that. A grievance gets filed by an employee and they have to pay a penalty. So it's compliance and it could be union compliance. It could be local labor law compliance. In energy, there's, a, there's an industry standard called RP755, which is a fatigue management standard by which you want to schedule. Like, William, we don't want to schedule you 12 days in a row, 12 hours a day. Right. That's not good, right? That gets into a safety issue. 100%, 100%. That's what this fatigue management standards yeah. do. So that is another. So the third reason people buy is really that compliance, comply with the CBA or fatigue or local label law. That's compliance is the third reason they buy. And the fourth reason they buy is just efficiency and ROI, right? Nobody wants an inefficient schedule. You want to make sure that you're limiting the overtime you're using. You want to maximize your workforce that you have. So those are the four reasons we see people buy our software. I love it. Let's do a couple of buy side things real quick. Your favorite part of the demo or kind of that aha moment when you get to show people Shiftboard for the first time, what's your favorite or even their favorite that you've seen where they clue in? Oh yeah. Okay. I got it. Yeah. It starts with when we show them, we always start, we, we role play in the demo, right? And it starts with the ease of the easy view and easy to use worker product. They're not used to that, right? They're really not used to seeing that. So that very easy view where the Sally on the production line can see your schedule and do that swapping and pick up shifts, that easy. That's an aha moment for us. That's a real aha, aha moment. And the other one that we really find is what we know from these industries is that 
Every company has their own way they schedule, the very own way they schedule, right? They do it in this certain order before determining who's going to work. And we have a really sophisticated rules engine built into our software that can be configured to handle whatever specific way you schedule, whatever company you're working for can schedule. It can be configured exactly that way. And the aha moment is we have this very, when a rules engine shows you, we have a feature called candidate finder that shows you how to find and fill the shifts and find and fill open shifts with the right individual. That's an aha moment for us, really. They see, oh, this is so easy to use. In fact, our demo, the kind of joke our demo is, you put all the information, we get all the information in, you go to do auto schedule, which automatically fills all the right people in. And then you go to the candidate finder and it'll show you, you on one click, you can fill all the right people into all the right jobs with no additional work. That's an aha moment for the scheduler. So a hundred years ago at Albertsons, I used to run kind of all the cashiers and I, my scheduling was all done in paper, right? So just boxes of time. But the thing that we cared about back then was just coverage. There's just certain times in a grocery store where you need more coverage than, you, than other. So it gets me to think about how your rules engine works around coverage and maybe even this new world of AI or machine learning about learning and maybe even being more forecasting around their needs around scheduling. Yeah. Uh, so get, first of all, if I'm off base, that's fine. I just wanted to get your take on coverage and and forecasting. No, yeah, William, you're again, you've got some experience here. It's clear. Coverage is very important, right? I don't have enough people and I don't I can't run a production line. I gotta shut down right. the line and that right. hurts revenue and hurts the operations of the plant. So I just can't do that. So we have capabilities inside our solution. We have a uh, we call a production line scheduling where you can tell us we can you tell us how many uh, what product you're building, right? I'm building product X or Y or Z today. And we know how many people it takes to build that that particular product or be, need to be staffed to do that. We can easily completely fill out the schedule based on what you're building today or what you're producing in your plant today. And if you change that, you just change the algorithm, you just change the configuration there, and it automatically reschedules all the people you need to make that happen. So that is a very strong suit that we have where you tie in production and demand into what you actually have to build and what the schedule looks like. Love that. Okay, so questions that practitioners should ask of ShiftBoard. So if you could script the questions that practitioners, again, they're moving off of Excel. What are the buying questions that they should be asking your team? Yeah, so the first, the first thing they should ask is, do you have experience in my industry? So we think we're really strong in that. The second thing they should ask is, can you schedule in the way I schedule? Right. So what we want them to do is describe their scheduling process and how that works. And so we should, we want them to under, ask us that, can you schedule the way I schedule? And then we obviously we feel like we have a very, we have the strongest rules engine in the marketplace today. And so we feel very good about that. We want them to ask us how we help them with compliance, so with the CBA or with the RP755 team manager. We want to ask them, have them ask about that because, William, we are the only company that gives a compliance guarantee. We guarantee if you put your rules in our software that we will, our software will make sure you're always in compliance. So we give them a money back compliance guarantee about that. So that's a very important situation that we want to hear, have them do. We want to ask them about scale. Can you handle a company of our size? 
Uh, we think we can scale to any size business that we have. And in fact, our ideal customer has somewhere between 100 to 2,000 employees at a single plant and then has multiple of those plants. That's a great customer for us. So those are the technical, maybe the feature requirements, William. But the other thing we like to ask and discuss is it's not just about software. It's just not only about software. Is do you have experience? How do you implement software? How do you do that? What's the process do you use to implement the software? Because that takes time and effort. And the other one that's really important is do you have experience helping me as an employer roll this piece of software out to all my workers? Most companies that we see today, this is a big change management operation inside of a plant. Think about that, right? You're rolling out a piece of software to 2,000 employees at a facility. Companies don't do that very often. They really need help on what we call it change management or adoption. And we've got that covered. So we feel like we cover the whole thing. We got great software. We think we really have terrific software. And we think we have a really top-notch implementation effort. But when we have change management, we help you as an employer get this onto the phones of the 2,000 workers and get them to use that so you get the full benefit of the software. And so those are the types of questions we like them to ask. I love that. Okay, last thing I wanted to touch with you about is success stories where you don't have to get into brand names or any of that type of stuff, but just stories that you love to talk to people about. They went from this to this. And here's both the how and why, but here's kind of the results. Here's what they got out of it. Yeah, I can give you, actually, I'll give you one with a, a couple of a couple of specific names. Shell Oil, big name. We all know Shell. Shell Oil used our product to help them with fatigue management and grievances. And they ended up saving $3 million a year by implementing our software. So that's a great example. Second one, another example is Daisy Brands. Daisy really wanted to implement our software to give a lot more flexibility and input for their workers. And they've really seen employee satisfaction and worker satisfaction increase by using our software. And the third one I can't name is a large manufacturer who, through an analysis of looking at our software, believed they could save in about 10 plants about $30 million a year in cost savings by using our software, by you really helping them be more efficient in their scheduling, maybe helping them with their overtime, really significant dollar savings. So those are three really top of mind examples I could give you, William, of people that have got great benefit from our software. I love that. I did. I was remiss. I didn't ask you at the beginning in terms of the buyer, because I can see ops caring about this, finance caring about this, obviously HR caring about this. So who's typically our buyer? Yeah, you nailed it, William. The op- the buyer is typically a combination of somebody in operations. So it could be plant manager, could be head of scheduling at a plant. And they're pairing up with HR now. Goes back, you remember those two things that I talked about, the four reasons companies buy, the first two of being employer of choice and the right. first workforce. HR now is really important. We definitely see that where HR becomes very involved in the process now because they care about trying to reduce turnover and trying to make sure the plant or the facility has enough workers to to fulfill the demand that they have. So HR is also very involved. And we like it when HR gets involved because that usually means it's a corporate-wide decision, not just a plant decision. Corporations getting involved saying, I'm bringing my VP of HR in. We want to make a standardize this across all our plants. We like to see HR involved in that process. 
I love that. So you mentioned union. Do you have some instances where you're in a facility or even in a company where you have union and non-union, where you have to have kind of scheduling rules within even the same, let's say the same plant, some are union, some aren't, or even the same company? Do you have to have not two instances, but two, two different rules? Yes, 100%. That's 100% true. We, we do see that often where certain parts of the plant are unionized. Right. Maybe the, the shipping area is unionized, but the production floor isn't, or right. vice versa, or whatever. We do see that. And again, our software is, to go back to, I said, it's very configurable. We can set it up to work the way you work. So if you have a union set of workers and a non-union set of workers, we can cover that all within the same platform. Very easy, common thing for us to handle. Awesome. Sterling, this is fantastic. I love what you've built, but not just to love what you built. I love what you, who you built it for, because both those industries they suffer from not just not having great software because everyone's chasing other types of industries. So you've picked two wonderful industries that just, they need you and they need great software. So just great job. Well, thank you very much, William. I really appreciate it. Yeah, we love the industry to solve and our software just solves real problems for those workers. And that's fun. It's fun to solve software that solves a real problem for a company. We really enjoy it. Absolutely. And thanks again for being on the podcast and thanks for everyone listening. Until next time. You've been listening to Recruiting Daily's Use Case Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite platform and hit us up at recruitingdaily.com. 